Ready Nation, what is the deal, man? Once again, it's another episode of the Raiders Recap with the Sick Podcast. And today, a lot of great information to go over. You know our boy Josh Jacobs has signed, right? We're going to go over the winners, losers of the Cowboys versus Raiders preseason game. And then look ahead to tomorrow's final cut day for the 53-man roster, right? What's going to happen? A lot of interesting, interesting decisions that need to be made before tomorrow. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this intro started and let's get the show cracked. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick podcast. Raiders recap. Jacobs, Jacobs with running room right up the middle. Jacobs is on his way. The Raiders are going to win this game. The sickest Las Vegas Raiders podcast. It's going to be sick. It's the deal. Once again, you're watching another episode of the Raiders Recap with the Sick Podcast. Make sure you guys are tapping on that like and subscribe button. And please hit on the little notification bell so you get updated whenever we drop episodes. But that intro hit different now that our boy is signed. Huh? Now that our boy is signed, we can finally sit there and say we are ready for week one. Okay, now if you were on this channel, if you see me somewhere else, man, you know I've been saying that I, I did not think Josh Jacobs was going to be here for training camp preseason, right? Because at the end of the day, um, we know the history of running backs who have, you know, led the league in carries the year prior and then what happens to them the year after, right? The the history of the running back says that, you know, it's not really a great year after after they come back. Um, but like, you know, we were describing here on this channel and many other places that at the end of the day, don't put that wear and tear on your body as a running back, especially if you carried a load like you did last year, right, for Josh Jacobs. Don't want to put extra wear and tear, extra mileage on that. That's what training camp is going to do because at the end of the day, you're practicing every day. You're there. You know, you're moving around. Um, So that's going to put the extra wear and tear. Now, you know, it was getting close to crunch time because all of us Raider fans, everybody was saying, okay, when is he going to sign? He needs to be ready. If he's going to play this year, he needs to be ready for week one, right? And that was my concern. I didn't care that he was holding out and trying to get his money. My concern was just, okay, now that the options are very few, right, with between the team and him, it was only a couple ways to go, either sign him or, you know, some negative was going to happen. At the end of the day, right, I just want him in the building for him to get in game shape so when week one come around, we get to stomping on Denver's ass, right? And that's exactly what he does. Him personally, he has great games against Denver. So that's what I wanted to see, and it's great to see that he's in the building. He's going to get game ready. Ziegler even touched on it, right? If you didn't see what Ziegler said after Jacob signed, Ziegler sat there and said, right, Boom. It's finally great to have him in the building. Now we have two weeks to get him game ready and in game shape for him to be ready to do what he does against the Broncos. So once again, you know, Josh Jacobs is signed. If you don't know, you know, the detail contracts, the detail is a one year contract that can go up to twelve million dollars. Right. With incentives and certain things. So, you know, that's kind of around the ballpark that, that I was saying as well. Twelve million is pretty good for me. You know, that's a good number. For him to sign for a year, you know, if he gets up to that, that's good money for him, especially at that running back position at that market, right? We saw a lot of people like Dalvin Cook and things of that nature sign for $8 million, $6 million with Ezekiel Elliott. He gets 12. So uh, that's fair for him. That's a good number for him. That's not a disrespectful number, right? And then we revisit that next year. And the beautiful part about this situation is that the Raiders can still franchise tag Josh Jacobs next season right so at the end of the day if they really want to they can still franchise tag him next season and still have him a part of this team which 
if we're going to talk about him being a part of this team, I think that going forward, the Raiders are just going to continue what they're doing with him and saying, okay, we're just going to keep giving you one-year deals, one-year deals, one-year deals, right? Because at the end of the day, we have to understand he plays a running back position and the Raiders are still trying to fill out the roster. The roster is not completely filled. So if he's going to stay long-term, I think that's something they're going to continue to explore one-year deal after one-year deal because they can still franchise tag him. And, I, and we all know he probably doesn't want to get franchise tagged. So, you know, we'll see what the rate will be for running backs next season. But that's next season problem. Okay, all we know now is that in two weeks, we got that monster number eight in the backfield and play-action game is going to be real scary. All right, I'm, I'm now, now I'm very, very confident in this offense. This offense better be scoring over 15 points a game. That's all the fuck I know. Okay, because if this offense ain't scoring over 15 points a game and we're struggling to get that, then it's a fucking problem. But with all the talent here, we should be able to move the ball. We should be able to score. We should be able to do certain things. Now the question will be, will the Raiders be better situationally going into this next season? And will they capitalize on things that they weren't necessarily capitalizing on last season? So we will see, right? But at the end of the day, that's your positive news, right, coming out. Now, for some of our winners and losers of last game versus the preseason game versus Dallas, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, right? So let's get into it. We already know that the Raiders lost 31-16, and we have to keep this in mind when you're thinking about the last preseason game. If you're playing in the last preseason game, to me, it's one of two things. It's either one, you're a rookie, young player who needs to get some work, extra work, which we saw the Raiders have, right? And number two, at the end of the day, you might be a veteran on the cusp. So there were a lot of people in that second category, right, that's on the bubble of the roster that did not perform well. And it's going to be some interesting, interesting names that I think that are we're going to see on cut day before tomorrow and before the deadline tomorrow, right? So already the Raiders have cut a number of players, but just talking about the game, defense was definitely not where it needed to be right now. We just said we had our third, four stringers, guys on the cusp of the roster, you know, playing a lot. But at the end of the day, still, right, it's not what you want to see, especially from guys who are sitting there, you know, trying to – make the roster guys who didn't leave a good impression and to speak on some of them names I believe you know Duke Shelley was one who everybody was excited about during the uh during the signing of him but at the end of the day he hasn't came here and performed in the preseason Duke Shelley has not performed the way that you know most people were hoping he would once he got signed because once he got signed everybody was kind of excited they felt like that he could fit in the scheme you know a little better than what he did in Minnesota it just hasn't come to fruition right another person David Long Jr right and he's been hurt a majority of the preseason wasn't really excited me personally when we signed him didn't expect a lot but at the end of the day he's been hurt a majority of preseason so not much he can show and when he did come out there he had a cool game against the Rams but that's his former team so you got to take that into account and number two about that right last last game against the Cowboys didn't have a great game at all it was not a good game not a good showing from him especially if you're on the cusp of making a roster wasn't enough for me Another person that I did not like, right? And, and this is a guy that's been with the Raiders for a while, <clears throat> for a cool while. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think his tenure with the Raiders has come to an end, and he's one of the longest tenure Raiders, which is Amik Robertson. Amik Robertson, um, just he didn't perform well to me. He didn't perform well to me at all versus the preseason versus the Cowboys. Um, this preseason as a, as a whole, he's and, and the thing about Amik is. The frustrating thing is he's where he needs to be, right? He's always in the spots he needs to be. But at the end of the day, he just cannot finish the play. And that's something that haunts Amik 
throughout. You know, it has haunted Amik throughout his four years here with the Raiders, bro. It's just every time he's there, he just can't finish the play, whether the other players just bigger than him, more physical. Um, but, you know, that that's what we're looking at right here. But at the end of the day, the, the whole secondary did not perform the way they needed to. We saw a couple guys like Isaiah Palomao, somebody who I expect to make the roster, right? He was out there. You know, he had some hit or miss plays, but at the end of the day, I think he's still going to make the roster. He's shown a couple of things. So, you know, you had Isaiah Palomile out there and you had certain other guys, but you didn't see the starting corner. So that's the one. The depth of that scares me. Now, when we're talking about depth, what really scares me is the depth of the linebacker core. Because regardless of whatever you say, I'm not super confident in the starters. And then from the starters on down, I just get less confident, right? Like when you're looking at it, we're, we're saying that Curtis Bolton played his ass off, which he did. Curtis Bolton played very tremendously. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at he's your most prominent backup to your linebackers, that's a real problem. That's a real, real problem. Now, what can we expect from Spillane and Diablo? That's the question. Now, Spillane, we don't know. I have no idea. I can't really speculate on that. But what I've heard has been very positive. He's a quarterback in the defense. So that's cool. But with Diablo, we have to call a spade a spade. The athletic prowess is cool and everything that, you know, the traits can intrigue you. But we have to be honest with ourselves. How many healthy seasons has he had in the league? And that's not me hating. That's not me wanting him to do bad, right? Because at the end of the day, I would love nothing more for him to be a top linebacker and fulfill his potential. But at the end of the day, we have to call a spade a spade. If everybody's going to sit here and talk to me about Jimmy G and his injury history, we have to have the same uh, energy for the players that we have in the building as well. And Diablo, let's count how many fully healthy seasons he has played since he's been drafted by the Raiders. Y'all let me know. I know the answer, but y'all let me know, right? So at the end of the day, um, what can we expect from that? Can we hope he plays a full season? Let's hope. But, you know, when we look at the backups, Curtis Bolton. Now, Luke Masterson played himself uh, played himself onto a spot on his team, if, if you ask me, from the last preseason game and just the preseason in general. Luke Masterson has played very well. You can tell he's getting the hang of this system. You can tell he's in the spot, and so he's playing loose, he's playing free. So – that's a guy that I think, you know, can make the roster and he can be a nice little backup for sure. Undrafted guy. But at the end of the day, um, I like the way he's been playing. So he looks good. You know, Curtis Bolton looks good. Um, Drake Thomas, that's a guy that I've liked. You know, last preseason game didn't really do himself too many favors. Didn't play as well as I thought. But, um, you know, he still he still has shown me flashes of things and, and show with the right work that, you know, he can become something. Um, with Amari Bernie, I'm not impressed with Amari Bernie. I mean, most of you, you know, most Raider fans are, are cool with how he's playing. And no, not me. I'm, I'm not impressed, not whatsoever. I don't think that anything he's done in the preseason has made me more confident in saying, like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to turn into uh, something. Now, maybe he turns into a, a good football player, a decent football player. But as of right now, in his development, he's not there, bro. If he's on the field, I'll be worried. I'll tell you that right now. I would be worried. So there's that, you know. So just looking at this linebacker core in, in, in totality, just not good, bro. Just not good. You know, it's the weakest part. Like I've been saying throughout the majority of the offseason that this is the weakest part of the team. Now, can there be a trade that comes along or a signing? Because remember, teams got to go from 90 to 53. That's a lot of people getting cut in a span of a couple of days, right? So at the end of the day, there's some talent that's going to be in, you know, in the wings, in the rotation. We just got to look. We got to keep it in mind. So will there be a trade? Will there be a signing? I would hope so. 
on that linebacker core. If it's me and I'm running the team, I'm saying, fuck yes, there needs to be some type of something. You feel what I'm saying? Because we can't go into the season with that. That, that, that That's just not good enough. It's not going to get it done. So, you know, let's hope that the Raiders still have their eyes out. Now let's transition to the D-line room. A lot of guys on the D-line that we thought were going to be at a better point in their maturation, they're just not. And, you know, we have to call a spade a spade. With Neil Farrell Jr., just he hasn't shown me anything that 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 gives me confidence in him that he can have a prominent position on this team going forward, right? Especially when you put him against, you know, the performance of Nesta J. Silvera the seventh round rookie of the Raiders this year, which I love him, bro. I want him to be on this team very, very badly. Because if he's not on this team, I guarantee you, somebody's going to pick him up in waivers. We're not going to be able to get him on a practice squad. Somebody's going to pick him up in waivers, and somebody in a couple of years is going to turn him into a very nice D-tackle, right? And, and that, that, like, uh, what's his name? Shelby, I believe. Shelby Harris. Remember Shelby Harris? Well, we we got him and he was okay, uh, but with a couple more years of refinement, he ended up turning into a very, very good D tackle. That's the same situation I see here with Nessa J. Silvera. I hope the Raiders don't make the same mistake and release him. So if you if you ask me on cut day, if I'm going to keep Neil Farrell or Nesta Jade, I would keep Nesta Jade. That's just me. I just feel like he's shown a lot more aggression, a lot more power, a lot more pop in this system. You feel what I'm saying? And although Neil Farrell has shown a couple of splash plays here and there. I just feel like his performance hasn't been consistent enough for me throughout the training, throughout this preseason. So, you know, uh, he kind of disappointed me, especially on the preseason game versus the Cowboys. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan Willis was out there, and this is a guy that everybody say could, could have a nice rotational uh, uh, piece for him, you know, when, uh, when the season goes around as a pass rusher. But at the end of the day, he was out there and didn't cause a lot of pressure, right? Didn't cause a lot of pressure. And once again, you have to think about it. When you put his performance up against Malcolm Kuntz's performance, who are you keeping? Malcolm Kuntz, to me, definitely deserves to be on his roster. Now, he didn't play as much in the third preseason game. What does that tell you? If he does not play as much and you see Jordan Willis playing a lot, keep that in mind, right? But at the end of the day, I think Kuntz deserves a spot, and Jordan Willis didn't show enough for me, especially in that last preseason game, for me to be like, okay, yeah, he deserves another spot over the roster, especially over the guys that we've been seeing play because it looks like Tillery is going to make the roster. It looks like um, Bilal Nichols is making the roster. You know what I mean? Um, then you look at the D tackles. You see Jonathan Jenkins. He's making the roster. Adam Butler, he's making the roster. So there's a lot of guys, and we know Crosby, Chandler. All these guys are going to be making the roster. So did he show enough? No, no, man. So it's a real, it's really, really hard to decipher, you know, who you're going to be keeping. But at the end of the day, some guys just didn't do themselves enough favors in my eyes, my personal eyes. Now, you may have a different opinion to me, but me personally didn't do enough for me to be like, okay, he he may take another guy's spot on this roster or he deserves another spot on this roster. Now, let's transition to the offensive side of the ball. With the offensive side of the ball, the O-line, man, a lot of guys, I think, definitely played their way out of a spot and, and can't start any further than right guard Cameron Meredith, right? He played a terrible, terrible game against the Cowboys. Not good at all. You know what I mean? Um, getting pushed back into the backfield on, on tosses, on sweeps, um, not showing any power, not showing any movement in the line. You know, at the best, he would get a stalemate, not pushing anybody back. At best, he would just hold his position on the offensive line. But see, at the end of the day, you know, it's not good enough. We need some type of push. We need some type of movement. You can't either stalemate or get driven back. That's just not good. 
So I don't think he did himself any favors in that last game. He's somebody that probably played his way out of a position. Justin Haran, he's another guy the, the that played left tackle. Now, he is a rotational swing, right tackle. But at the end of the day, didn't do himself any favors in this preseason as a whole whatsoever. If it was up to me, I would keep Dalton Wagner over Justin Haran. Because look at this. Frame it like this. We know Colton Miller will be playing that left tackle spot. It's a little battle right now. We don't know who's going to be starting at right tackle, Thayer, Thayer Mumford or Jermaine Illuminor. So we don't know. But at the end of the day, we know both of them can play right tackle. And we know Illuminor could slide over to left tackle if anything happened. Right? So that adds immediate value to Jermaine Illuminor because at the end of the day, he can play both tackle spots. So you got to keep him. Thayer Mumford has progressed immensely. you got to keep Thayer Mumford, right? So now, when you're talking about that last little tackle spot, who would you keep, Justin Haran, or would you keep Dalton Wagner? To me, the undrafted guy, the undrafted kid, monster, right? 6'8", over, over 330, right? I'm keeping him because at the end of the day, this is somebody I can mold, and this is somebody that I can continue to grow, right? I can continue to grow him. So I'm, I'm – very pleased with what I saw from Dalton Wag, man. And, and I want them to keep him over the likes of Justin Ron because I just felt like he's performed a little better and he's a little better in the system. Next, we talk about, you know, the guards position. Now, Greg Van Roten seems to be having to one the starting job for that right guard spot because we know Dylan Parham is going to command the left guard. So seems like Greg Van Roten has won that. So who's going to be backing him up? Now, the question remains, do you keep a guy – like McClendon Curtis, or do you keep a guy like Natane Moody, right? So the, the, the question still is something that needs to be answered, but at the end of the day, right, it's a lot of guys that, that made their stamp. Now, Natane Moody is somebody that I was very, very disappointed in this season or this offseason because I was expecting more. You know, I thought he was going to be a contention for the right guard spot, but at the end of the day, Greg Van Roan has been more consistent than him, and he's put together more days than him. So at the end of the day, that, that's where we're sitting at, that made the best player play. So a lot, a lot, a lot of the decisions on the O-line. So y'all let me know where y'all would go. Who have y'all been watching? Who has stood out to you? Let me know down below. Um, so now let's get into, we already know the quarterback situation. I don't think there's much to talk about there because we know Aiden O'Connell still played a very good game, right? Uh, there, I could probably count on one hand the amount of throws. I was like, e, I wish he probably wants that back. But not many, very accurate, very poised. You know what I mean? Um, he was playing with threes, fours, understand that. But got a lot of good work. We saw a lot of good things from him. Um, played very well. So I like what I saw from uh, Aiden O'Connell. Okay, so that, that's one. Number two. Um, now let's go ahead and get into another uh, – I'll see you. I, I'll get into uh, the running back situation, right? Now the running back situation is something that uh, – Ah, man, hey, this is something that hurts close to my heart, okay, because Zamir was somebody that I was expecting to see some things from, right? Zamir was somebody I was expecting to come out and show just a little bit of something. Never came to fruition, right? This whole preseason, to me, was a disappointment for Zamir White because we were expecting to see, you know, top back potential or just at least starter back potential. Didn't see that. Um, did not come, did not show anything for us to be overly, overly excited about if he had to be the RB1. Um, and the sad conclusion was 
even in the last preseason game, Damian Williams came in immediately and he showed more burst, more explosion than Zamir did in the entirety of the preseason. That's the problem, right? And that's the problem. Even sincere, even the Raider legend, the Raider myth and legend, sincere McCormick, even when he got out there, it's like, boy, oh boy, bro. Like it's it, you can see the immediate difference of speed, explosion. Right. And you can see the immediate uh, difference in agility as well. Now, it's not fair to compare Zamir White to Josh Jacobs. But at the end of the day, we are used to watching a top five running back in the league. If you're going to follow that, you need to show at least a little bit of something. Right. We're not asking you to be Josh Jacobs, but you got to show something. And that's not what he did. Now, a lot of people are calling for the cutting of Zeus and. You know, I talked about this with some of my other guys who are Raider fans at the end of the day, Protect the Shield, Afakoski Raider. If you don't know those channels, go subscribe to those channels right now, man. Those are real good Raider guys, real good inside guys that you're going to want to get some stuff from. But at the end of the day, um, you know, talking to them, when you're looking at it, would you cut Zamir White? Would you say, all right, Zamir, I thank you for your service, but at the end of the day, we see that there's nothing special from you. Now, for a guy that you picked in the fourth round last year, does that count as a failure? Does that count as a failure as a draft pick? You would probably have to say yes, right? Because it's his second year. So it's one of those things where you're like, okay, so do you cut him? The question is, do you expect to keep Josh Jacobs long term? That's the question. Because if you expect to keep Josh Jacobs long term, Josh is only still in his 20-somethings, early 20s. He's still good to go for a couple more years. You can be like, all right, bro, like, you know, Zamir, we're going to keep Josh for a couple more years. You know what I mean? And then after that, you know, we'll, we'll find somebody else by that time. But at the end of the day, um, thank you for your service. Uh, that's going to be a question because you have who you keep. How many backs do they keep? Because remember, they're only going to keep four or five, including Jakob Johnson. So Jakob Johnson is going to count as a running back. Even though he's a fullback, he's going to count as a running back. So if you keep four, who do you keep? Jakob, boom. And then you got Josh. That's two. What's the other one? What are the other ones you keep? Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, or do you keep Damian Williams, Brandon Bolden? The question is still begged to differ, right? Who are you going to keep in that thing? If you keep five, then you're able to do a little bit more. and You're able to maneuver a little bit. But if you keep four, it's a real decision. So let me know down below, man. Who would you guys keep? Who would you guys let go? Would you cut Zamir White? Now, that's the real question. Would you cut Zamir White? Now that Josh Jacobs is back, we know who is going to be getting a majority of the carries, especially since there's two weeks for him to prepare for Denver. So he's definitely going to be getting ready for Denver, and he's going to be ready at the end of the day. But, um, you know, let's see what happens there. So, boom. From there, we transition to the wide receiver spot. Now, the wide receiver spot, we pretty much know who's going to be where, right? It's no secret that I would argue to you you know, besides a couple other positions, that the wide receiver spots are the most secure in the, on the team as far as these 53-man roster cuts because we're seeing – we already know who we have. We have the monster, Devontae Adams. You got Jacoby Myers. You got Hunter Renfro. All three secured spots. Only way Hunter Renfro is out of here is if he gets traded, which by all accounts from what we heard in the training camp, he's not getting traded, right? So that's your three. So who do you keep after that? Oh, and you know Trey Tucker is going to be making the roster as well. You know Trey Tucker is going to make the roster. So that's four. So after that, who do you keep after that? Now, DeAndre Carter to me is has made his case that he's going to be making the roster because of his kick return, punt return ability. That's the number one. Offensive side, yes, he has some speed. But that kick return, punt return ability is what's going to put him on this roster. So he's making it. 
Boom. After that, right, we look at guys like Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, guy who played in the preseason game versus the Cowboys, which surprised me. I don't know why Philip Dorsett was playing, but Philip Dorsett in there, right? Um, who else? Number 83, Christian Wilkerson, who had a very, very good preseason. But I don't think he had enough preseason to say, yeah, he, he needs to be on the roster. Now, if he can be on the practice squad, that's somebody that I like to be on the practice squad. You would hope that he clears waivers. That's the thing, right? He has to clear waivers. If he don't clear waivers, then it's like, you know, somebody somebody might pick him up just because of how he performed in the preseason. So, but at the end of the day, he was hot and cold to me, very hot and cold, wasn't really consistent. So that's somebody that you could probably say he could probably make the practice squad. Now, between Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, who do you guys keep from there? Me personally, I like Philip Dorsett more because I like the speed factor of Philip Dorsett a little bit more. Um, some people may like Keelan Cole and his ability to run routes just a tad bit better. So you guys let me know. It's a nice decision that you're going to have to make there. So it's a real, real uh, uh, head scratcher. But at the end of the day, I think most of these receivers perform pretty well, but it's kind of hard to make the roster just because you know who your top guys are going to be. It's pretty much secure at that point, right? It's nobody really fighting. You're fighting for the bottom of the barrel at that point. So, you know, whoever they keep, I just want them by, I just want them to keep a person who we know can insert right away. That's why I like them to keep Philip Dorsett. That speed factor can be inserted at any point in any time in the season. So that's real. That's really why I want to keep him. So now let's transition from the wide receivers to the tight ends. From the tight ends now, we know who our tight end won, Michael Mayer, who played very, very well against the Cowboys. He only had two receptions for 20 yards, but those 20 yards were tough yards, physical yards. And that's what we want to see from him. That's what you're going to see. Now, the run blocking is something that he needs to work on as he continues to grow, right? As he continues to grow, the run blocking is something that he needs to continue to, to work on, to polish. But as we continue here, I think that that's something that, that um, he's going to get more help in. We know that Austin Hooper is probably going to be that second tight end. I know everybody was like, oh, could you cut Austin Hooper? I know he didn't play well against the Rams, but at the end of the day, that's somebody that's going to be playing well for us during the season. So, yeah, now – Coming from there, the tight end three spot is somebody that's that's going to be interesting. Who's going to be that tight end three? You got Cole Fotheringham. You got, uh, um, you know, who's the guy at, oh, my God, Horstead. You got Horstead after that, right? And so between those two, who would you give the nod to? Now, that's the question that we have to ask ourselves just for Horstead, or are we going to go with Cole Fotheringham? Although we've seen a couple things from Fotheringham. Horstead played last year. Probably has a leg up on him on the offensive side of things, but you know, a lot of more, a lot more athleticism from Fotheringham. So that's gonna be something that's crucial to see. Last but not least, man, I know I've been talking your ear off, but I appreciate everybody for sitting here, right, and, and dealing with your boy, talking some Raider football before the 50, 53 man cuts come. Make sure you guys are subscribing and liking to the channel. Last thing I want to talk to y'all about, Tyree Wilson. Now, this is a guy that we were waiting to see something. We were waiting to see something. And, you know, the hype was building because he wasn't playing in training camp. He wasn't practicing. But it's great to see the Raiders. And, and let's keep this in mind now. The training staff for the Raiders is top notch. Top fucking notch. Because you have to understand, they did all that they did with Tyree Wilson since drafting him to, be, to get him ready for the moment on Saturday. Right? To, to get him game ready. And now think about it. He's got some game experience under his belt, which we wish he had a little bit more, but we can't, you know, can't cry or spill milk. So he got some game experience under his belt. One. Two. 
Got some practice time under his belt as well because he was there for the week of the Rams. Got some practice time. And there's still two weeks left until Denver for him to really ramp it up some more. Think about how much time he's going to be able to having, uh, have under his belt, right, before Denver comes. So now when he steps onto the field of Denver, he's not going to be, oh, shit, like this is my first, you know, football action. Oh, shit, I'm jittery. No. You know, there's going to be some nerves, but he's going to be like, okay, you know, at least I have some type of recollection of what an NFL atmosphere looks like. At least I've been practicing for a little bit, so I'm not trying to get my rhythm, you know, in a game. You feel what I'm saying? Trying to get your rhythm in a game never works. So shout out to the Raiders, Raiders training staff for that. But from what we saw from Tyree Wilson, I'm nothing but encouraged. Now, is there things that he has to clean up? Of fucking course, right? You know, there are things that he definitely has to clean up, but we saw his immediate impact in the run game, and that's something that we talked about on this channel and on my other channels. Uh, immediate impact in that run game, he's going to give you that. He's going to give you that with that power, that strength, right? And if he starts lowering his center of gravity, you know, them tackles and shit really fuck. So, boom, from there. We're seeing him immediately pay dividends in the run game. Number two, we saw the display of just pure power and strength, right? Minimal technique. We saw a little technique. We saw a little technique, but but we saw the athleticism, the strength on full display, right? When he wants to, he's like a bull in a china shop, bro. He's just going to wreck the party. And we have to understand, if that's what the Raiders coaching staff is telling him to do, right? Now, obviously, he has to get his technique together, which is something that will be instilled in him as he continues but if they're saying hey for this year you're gonna learn and you're gonna do all that but when you're in there i just need you to wreck shop when you're in there i just need you to wreck shop why because you got that monster number 98 on the other side and you got chandler jones so when you're in there just wreck shop bro they'll clean you up you feel what i'm saying and that's exactly what i think is going to happen this year so all i all everything i saw i was very encouraged and pleased with right there were flashes and that's all I wanted to see. I wanted to see flashes. I didn't want to sit here and be like, oh, my God, he has five sacks, you know, three sacks in his first preseason game. No, no. Just show me flashes of what can be and what we can build on. Because like I always say with him, he's like clay, right? You can mold it into whatever, but you got to see what type of clay it is. Is it tough clay? Is it something you're really going to have to spend meticulous hours on? Or is it something that's real free-flowing? It's something that you're saying, okay, you know, I might be able, it might take me a little bit, but I can bend this into whatever shape I want, right? And that is exactly what we're doing with Tyree Wilson. So I'm very excited to see what he can do when he's on the field with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, right? So keep that in mind. That's a lot of good information. I just gave you a lot of great information today, man. I appreciate everybody. If you're sitting here watching the whole entire episode, sticking with us, man, and going through some regular football, two weeks. Until we play Denver, man, I'm very excited. You know I'm going to be back for that, and you know I'm going to be back for some other updates as the Raiders are cutting down to the 53 roster, right? So at the end of the day, make sure you're liking. Make sure you're subscribing to the channel so you don't miss any of the updates that we got coming in the future, man. So without all that, man, we're going to see you next time. Peace out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Raiders Recap on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.